Hello, and welcome to Burnt Cookbook Party, an original Pathfinder campaign set in a unique fantasy world, where four heroes of varying skills, attractiveness, and stupidity race against time to prevent a war. I am Jenna Stever, and I play Astra Blep, a fae-addled half-elf oracle who is exactly who she says she is, and I'm joined by... I'm Andrew Hansen, playing Johnny Brightchild. I'm a hot and sunny Ifrit resort spa paladin eager to help and flex. I'm Caitlin Statehar, playing Patty Hertz, a ratfolk ranger dandy with a nose for gossip and cheese. I'm Paul Lukemeyer, playing Zelf, an elven battle chef carving a name for himself in the high-stakes world of magical cooking. And we are, of course, led today and for the rest of all time by our illustrious DM and world builder, Justin Green. Justin, how you doing today? I made a really ugly map of a black market, and I'm feeling... <laughs> Ugly. <laughs> you feel <laughs> ugly about it? <laughs> You're ready to bestow that upon us. Does, the, does your design of your map reflect like your emotional well-being? Yeah, it does. This is <laughs> lost on the listeners of the podcast, but my New Haven world map is beautiful, <laughs> and my New Haven black market map is <laughs> sad. We're going to cut this out. <laughs> they don't need to know. As you guys go down the spiral staircase into the black market, things get darker and darker and darker until you find yourself at the base of the stairs. There are little places to tuck in in all of these little corners and alleyways. You can't really tell if it's a business or if it's just some like creepy dude standing in a doorway. <laughs> there are some like obvious merchants who have carts out in the streets. The whole place is kind of like claustrophobic, not very well lit. There's torches in various places, but there's large expanses of shadows and darkness for despicable acts to happen. <laughs> just in case this is what you have planned, I want to search for Bobble to see if he's just here immediately. Yeah, he's at a food stand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's getting a corn dog. Yeah. <laughs> a black market corn dog. A fantasy <laughs> black market corn dog. All right, let me roll perception. Because I got to see this. <laughs> uh, I got a 21. I rolled very nicely. Oh, nice. Is Bobble just there? Is Bobble Bobble is not just here. <laughs> okay. <Damn>. Good try. <laughs> you know from the journal that Bobble enters the black market on four day, which is what today is, and he kind of finds a spot that he can set up a perimeter where he can't be seen, and then he just is going to lie and wait secretly in the shadows until this dude walks into his trap, and then he's going to get him. Oh, gee. Well, then we okay. might have to find this dude first. So Bavel is purposely hiding mm. and lying in wait. Not to say that he can't be found, but he is not trying to be found. Okay, that's fair. Um, that said, you have made a good perception roll. You guys can do whatever else. Talk to people or track him with survival or something along those lines. Should we see if anyone Ooh. has seen someone, like, matching his description, lurking yeah, around that's somewhere? that's what I was thinking. Do a little scoping. I think we need to stick together. Yeah, I lean towards sticking together. And I think a good bet might be searching for somebody who would be selling a meteorite. Yeah, exactly. That's uncommon. Yeah. 
I mean, presumably. <laughs> it's Hopefully. a fantasy world, so maybe not. <laughs> With my perception check, I'm going to keep my eyes out for like a gym stand, uh, any place that sells like geodes or <laughs> crystals or other kind of bullshit like oh, that. Oh, you know there's a crystal shop down here for sure. Yes. A new age <laughs> store. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Patty, do you have any underworld contacts that we can hit up for information? I've got friends in low places, for sure. Yes. So if you want to make a diplomacy check to kind of gather information, okay. um, that would be a route you could go to do that. So I have rolled I've rolled a nine on my diplomacy skill check, so I'm not as diplomatic right now as I could be. And then you other two boys, are you doing anything? I think I'm going to make a perception check. And what Zelf is looking for is black market ingredients. He's got his own priorities. <laughs> nice. Or spices. We have a pretty no, pressing here. mission. Yeah, no, that's fine. Because he <laughs> thinks Patty is going to find, you know, Bobble because this is her world. <laughs> so he's like, I'm just going to do some shopping while I'm here, you know, be time efficient about it. Wow, I rolled a natural 20. Good night. Johnny is going to find the closest person who needs some help and then ask around if they know anything about like special <laughs> mining shipments coming in from Ruskerus. And he's looking specifically for like some cool star metal to make a really bitchin' sword. Awesome. Ah, bitchin'. Yeah, so I'll make a diplomacy check for that. I rolled, oh, oh. I rolled a three Ouch. for a total of 12. All wow. right. We nailed the perception checks and <laughs> failed the diplomacy <laughs> checks. So we're perceptive assholes. This is opposite of normal. I'm probably get taken yeah. for yeah, a Yeah, usually we're smooth-talking idiots. <laughs> Estra and Patty, you guys are sort of got your nose to the grindstone doing what you came here to do looking for any signs of this dwarf that's selling the meteorite. You're talking to people. Even with the nine, you are able to quickly determine that that dwarf is here already. He is not being stealthy in any way, shape, or form. He's been making a huge scene going from vendor to vendor trying to sell this meteorite. And just getting rejected over and over again. Every time that he's rejected, awesome. he throws a little bitch fit for the world <laughs> to see so that everybody knows that he's got something cool and these people are crazy for not buying his his meteorite. So you're meeting vendor after vendor who's like, oh yeah, I've met this asshole. He was here <laughs> trying to sell me this fake meteorite. He wanted 10,000 gold for it. Uh, he's just some pimply little dweeb from a small town who who's going to get himself killed here if he keeps acting this way. Incredible. Well, sounds like he's asking to get robbed. <laughs> or murdered. You are able to get a pretty clear path vendor to vendor. They're like, oh yeah, he went that way. He went that way. He went that way. So you're able to follow a path through these people. Astra, as you are going along, one of those rescuous moles that Johnny had spotted with the ruffian brushes past your feet and you see that a message is tied up around it, wrapped up like a little scroll on its cute. back uh, and it's running off to deliver it. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> I would like to ask if it's cute. It's very cute. <laughs> Yes. I was going to say, do I need a perception check for that? Can I tell if it's cute? Roll cute. <laughs> yeah. Justin, I want to roll 
I guess it would be sleight of hand to see if I can snatch the tiny little scroll off of this mole's back. Yeah. How'd I do? Let's see. Big money, big money. I get a 20. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, that's more than enough. You slip it right off of its back, and it doesn't even notice. It just keeps on going. It's almost completely blind, and you have a soft, light touch. (laughs) You unroll it, and you see that the message is in Gnomish. At the top, it looks like it's two different people's handwriting. So one seems to be like an official note, and then a message that's scrawled over it. Interesting. Uh, Hey, do any of you suckers know how to read Gnomish? No, ma'am. Okay, I knew, I knew one of you. <laughs> the silence was deafening, and I was like, these people, they're thinking of puns to reply to me with. <laughs> uh, I'm going to cast Comprehend Languages to understand this gnomish. It lasts for 10 minutes per level, so that should be enough time to read this oh, thing. Man, Justin, so you good. can't keep anything from me. <laughs> I've got magic. You're so learned. <laughs> uh, no, I just cheat. Awesome. You see that the top of the message, the message that was clearly written on this piece of paper first, it says, female rat folk, approximately four feet tall, white fur, red eyes, pink nose, expensive taste, most beautiful creature you'll ever lay eyes on. That's me. <laughs> That's me. I am beautiful. That could be any exquisite four foot tall. No, it's definitely me. <laughs> The message that's scribbled on the bottom is, she's here, entrance five. Whoa. Uh, uh, Astra's going to nudge Patty. Say, Patty, this description sounds an awful lot like you. Do you know any gnomish people? Would you be interested in your presence here? Interesting. Bruler and I were, like, kind of cozy, right? Like, (laughs) I wonder if this could be something to or from him, because, you know, we like this. We're... We're kind of besties. So I'm thinking that this could be from Bruler because we were kind of like flirty buddies. Or it could just be like another admirer <laughs> of mine. I have so many. I don't know if any of them are gnomes, though. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. If I had to make a guess about what this is, it's that the first one is like an open bulletin looking for this person. And the response is from the gnomish person that we encountered on our way in fulfilling this wanted warrant basically but it sounds like a positive warrant it could be so it, it could be but i'm also thinking maybe it's just like a recording slash checking in on our entrance that we're authorized to be there you know oh patty i hate to think that anyone would be thinking anything bad of me yeah i that patty but i mean i'd point out that um there's only one description of one of the four people that came in the door (laughs) seems like it's pretty super duper about you (laughs) patty has decided to what willfully refuse to accept that there is any problem and is going to forge ahead much to the chagrin of the rest of the group (laughs) self is going to pipe up and say well, if we want to know who that letter was going to, we might be able to catch and follow the mole. Mm. Yeah, maybe. It feels unlikely just because I took the time to cast a spell. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounded like it was moving pretty fast. I think you know the general direction that it was headed in. It was going south from where you guys came in. But you, at this point, I don't okay. think. Yeah. Wow. It was the thought. Uh, I do have a linguistics, though, so I want to make a linguistics check to see if I can learn anything from the handwriting. Fortunately, I rolled a one. 
Um, so forget that thought at From all. From the handwriting? Were you trying oh, you to do know. like some turn of the century handwriting? Yeah. Yes. Like, oh, whoever wrote this is a serial killer. I'm like the FBI. Yeah. I want to know who this guy was. Johnny. Yeah. As the girls are kind of discussing <laughs> what to make of this letter. Ignore it. You hear somebody <laughs> behind you, a meek voice going, help me. Isn't there anybody here who could help me? Don't worry, I'm here to help, and I'll turn around to find out where the voice is coming from. Johnny's always here to help. Johnny's always here to get mugged. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Behind you, you see a small elderly gnome. He's kind of hunched over. He's wearing ragged little robe. He's standing in a storefront, and in the window of the storefront, you see a beautiful shield of Gavilan. Whoa, little dude. Could you perhaps help an old man? What's up? How can I help? I've been struggling to find somebody who can deliver a package for me, son. Could you do that? Could you take a package across the market for me? Oh, no, you're a mule. Yeah. Probably, dude. Yeah. But, like, I'm kind of, like, on the lookout for this guy selling a meteorite. Do you think you could help me out with that? It's kind of important. Absolutely. He points to your chest at the symbol of Gavilan that's on your armor, Johnny. And he says, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you help me do this, I'll keep a lookout for your meteorites. And I've come across this shield in the black market the other day. Uh, I was going to sell it in my shop, but it could be yours. That does look like a pretty righteous shield. Johnny has no appraised skill, so he wouldn't know if this shield was fake or not. Just <laughs> offhand. So you guys know. He's going to roll up appraised anyway. Um, and minus one. So, oh, I got a 15. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, you think that this could be worth a good 8,000 gold, maybe? Whoa. <laughs> it seems legit. So, like, you need me to take this package? Okay. Like, what's the package, man? There's another gnome. His name is Kligbert. And he has a shop on the other side of the black market. This belongs to him. And he he holds up a little box. And inside of the box is a necklace. If you could return that to him, I'd be so grateful. I'm just so weak these days. Traveling through the market is dangerous for me. I could, like, carry you if you want, I guess, but I'll totally take the package. So, like, Clipper, you say he's got a store. What's the, does his store have a name? Like, how will I know it's him? His shop is a blue tint. If you keep traveling south, you'll come to a large open area in front of the river, and he just has a blue tint set up where he's selling, like, vases. And who should I say, like, this package is from? From his old friend Snipperit. From Snipperit. All right. Cool. Yeah. And then, like, I will just find you here. Does that sound good? Like, once I'm done? Yes. And I will have the shield here for you. And I will ask around about the meteorite. Thank you so much. Are you Snipperit? Yes, that's me. Uh, Nice to meet you. I'm Johnny Brightchild. I will be taking this package from you. And, like, I'll just, like, what's the package look like? Uh, It's just a small jewelry box. I mean, large enough to hold a necklace in it. All right, man. I'll be back in a little bit. And I will find somebody from the Shadows End group to let them know, like, oh, I'm just going down here to deliver a package. I'll be right back. I love that Johnny is, like, A, leaving our mission to deliver a package for an old man. (laughs) 
And he introduced himself as if he was his server at a restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew, it is so, so important for role-playing purposes that you specify which of the three of us you tell that you're doing this errand. (laughs) I think I... Could roll a dice if you want to. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, it's like, if only I had some way to randomly decide between the three of you. I'll make um, Jenna one, Paul two, and Caitlin three. Four is he just shouts. Uh, I rolled a one. (laughs) And we have it's Jenna. Johnny is going to find Astra and be like, hey, Astra, um, I've got this package I picked up from this guy. Uh, He said he would help us look for the meteorite, um, but I need to go deliver it to his friend named Clickbert. So I was going to go do that real quick, and then he said if I did that for him, he would give me this pretty cool shield that's got a symbol of Gavlin on it, and he said he would help us look for the meteorite guy. So, like, I figured that was important, so I was going to go do that, okay? All right, Johnny, later. Johnny, no, Johnny, 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 cool your heels. I know that'll be hard for you, but um, what is it? I'm sorry, so what's in the box? It looks like it's a necklace. I don't know. I didn't really open it. It's not mine. You know we're in the black market, right, Johnny? And this is a place of skullduggerous, right? Ne'er do wells. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, like, he's an old man, Astra. And so, like, I figured it would be dangerous for him to walk down the market. Like, he could get mugged, but like, no one's gonna mug me. So, like, I just figured I'd do it for him. Okay, just real quick. I just want to cast a detect magic on it, and then <laughs> maybe Zolf or somebody can go with you. <laughs> what? Uh, okay. I am going to cast Detect Magic on this box. Uh, Is it magic, Justin? It is magic. Go ahead and make a spellcraft check while you do this, too. I don't really ever know what spellcraft does, so I hope I roll well and then I can learn. 15? So you're not sure exactly what it does, Astra, but you are able to determine that it has a strong aura of conjuration magic on it. Oh, interesting. It could be anything. (laughs) I want to open the box and peep at it. Is Johnny going to let me or is he going to be? I trust you. I'll let you. (laughs) I'll let you open it. Oh, that's sweet. (laughs) It's a beautiful necklace. It's got a platinum medallion hanging off of it, kind of a rectangular shape. It seems fairly expensive, to be honest. Is the spell on the box or on the pennant itself? On the necklace itself. Okay. Hmm. Obviously, like, he probably didn't feel comfortable taking that himself. And, like, I couldn't take him, which I offered to do, because then he would leave the <laughs> store unattended. So, like... Uh, gosh, I, I this is a real conundrum, because I can't tell if I'm just being paranoid or if this is real dodgy. But, you, Johnny, you shouldn't go alone. You're too beautiful, and you've got such an innocent face, and people just pick you out in a crowd, and they know they can tell you anything. I mean, uh-huh. dodgy people, not us. We're good. Oh, thanks, Astra. <laughs> you know, Johnny, I'll go with you. I, I'm savvy. I'm street smart. Let's. I'll go with you. And, and Patty and Zelf, they can keep looking for the asteroid. The chain of merchants that you're following is heading in this direction anyway. So the group can stay together as you continue to follow this path heading south. Justin, I was going to ask, I've got spellcraft myself. Can I try to learn anything about the necklace? You can also attempt a spellcraft check. Beautiful. All right. Uh, I'm going to spend inspiration on that for a total of 26. 26. 
you are able to determine, Zelf, that this necklace is a necklace of adaptation. Wow. So it's a necklace that wraps the wearer in a shell of fresh air, making him <laughs> immune to all harmful vapors and gases. Ooh. Uh, and allowing him to breathe even underwater or in a vacuum. A gas mask. Damn, that's nice. And it's pretty. Well, you know, Zelf taps it and he tastes it and he explains what his findings are and he says, I don't know if there isn't some other skullduggery, but I think the necklace is fine. Did we all just like watch in silence as you put this in your mouth? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Johnny's like, that must be part of his process. It's my special <laughs> skill. Yeah, Astra's unwillingness to lick this pendant is really why she didn't succeed at her spellcraft. <laughs> I'm just imagining that he just like pops it in his mouth and kind of sucks on it and ponders mm. for a minute. Like a like a lozenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tastes like old man. <laughs> uh excellent. Alright. Well, if as long as it's in the same direction, I guess we can stick together. Eventually, you guys reach the area that kind of widens out, and in the center of this area is like a large hexagon-shaped building, and Zelf, you recognize immediately that this is a rare monster dealer. He has cages outside and, and inside that you can kind of just see from the street, filled with all sorts of interesting, illegal, but edible <laughs> creatures that are of interest to a mule chef. What makes them illegal? Is it because they're dangerous or is it the because they have culture? <laughs> Cultured laws. You recognize a couple of them. There's like a little <laughs> creature that you know as an eliflute. Uh, it's a tiny little elephant that's about the size of uh, a house cat. <laughs> Sorry, could you say the name of that again? It's an eliflute. And it sways back and forth, smiling, and it plays music out of its trunk. Like, just a beautiful little melody comes out. Somebody's going to eat it? And he's like, he has it in like a little bird cage. (laughs) Zelf, you know that it is a source of bardic magic. (laughs) Horrifying. (laughs) Horrifying. Um, how... This is the worst thing because Astra absolutely wouldn't care, but I care so much about the elephant. Self is going to say, do we have three minutes for me to stop in this monster tent? I'm sorry to ask. Yeah, I mean, we've only got a time limit before all of time resets and we go back to being our past selves and this is all forgotten. But yeah, no, let's stop. And look at some animals. I knew you'd understand, Astra. Patty's also interested in checking out the animal store. <laughs> Patty's got some plans. If you want, Astra, we can keep going while they check out the animal store. I don't that know. That's true. Is the blue tent visible? <laughs> yeah, the blue tent is very close. It's like on the other side of this building. Why don't we meet you at the tent? Yeah, you guys do some animal <laughs> shopping, I guess, and we'll go deliver this. I'm certain neither of these will end in misadventure. All right, and then Ezra and Johnny will will wander off to the tent. Zelf, is there anything in particular that you're interested in inside of here? I want to take a quick look and see if I can find anything that looks delicious or exotic or that he might learn some kind of cooking magic by preparing. (laughs) Absolutely. Almost everything in here is that you see it looks like a fox from the neck up, but from the bottom down, (laughs) it looks like kind of a peacock. It's called the Galavix. This is a neutral beast, too. It's not a particularly good creature. It's just kind of a rare magic creature. 
and it has a variety of interesting spells. The gnome who runs the shop, he is kind of watching you go from cage to cage, and his brow is kind of furrowed, like trying to place you a little bit. <laughs> How much is that Ella flute? <laughs> uh, the Ella flute is about 500 gold. Damn. God, do I have that much? I'm also surreptitiously checking my character sheet. <laughs> While Paul looks at this, Patty, how do you feel? Patty would like to give a little context for how she feels right now. First of all, Patty is almost a creature herself. She is basically a small animal. <laughs> Second, Patty is witnessing what she views as creatures being exploited. Okay? Oh, yeah. For oh, sure. for sure. I don't know if you know this, but in addition to being good at blowing things up, Patty is a militant vegan and is not interested <laughs> in participating <laughs> in the exploitation of creatures. So Patty oh. would like to start looking around the shop, maybe scoping out the security measures on the cages of the animals. <laughs> yes. Is this design more like a pet store? Like, is there a place where you can pet the puppies? <laughs> and then eat them? It's like a really dodgy pet store, okay. like in a mall that no one goes to. It's a puppy mill, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> That's so sad. Uh, how much cash do you have, Paul? Well, according to my character sheet, I have 900 gold. Damn. Could buy yourself a familiar. God, I know, right? I mean, you already have Manny. Kind of <laughs> think about, you and could have a miniature elephant familiar. A delicious familiar. No! Uh, yeah, Zelf wants to lean over the counter so that he can be at eye level, kind of, with this gnome, and ask him what his sources are, and ask him if he delivers. <laughs> Is this a local elephant? <laughs> <laughs> Does he have paperwork? Can I meet the breeder? He's like, yeah, I know your type. Don't worry, we can get it to Mjolnir. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Self wants to find out if there's some kind of contact or a local branch <laughs> of this place in Mjolnir. Ever since the Mjolnir Hunters Guild grew a conscience, having to go to Alatir to find somebody to get me these creatures... <laughs> You know, Olus from Mjolnir Hunter Guild, you know, he's trying to start up his own thing now. Less rules. I'm going to follow up on these names later. <laughs> he says, hey, are you Zelf the Elf? Oh, how did you know? I don't have it printed on my uniform, do I? There was a woman in here earlier. She said that she thought that you, you would show up. Says you, you wouldn't be able to resist. Whoa. Well, Zelf has a moment and he says, what did she look like? He describes in detail an elvish woman, and you recognize from this very detailed description that this is a fellow <laughs> apprentice of Chairman Naga. Oh, no. God, self is shook. <laughs> self is shook. Uh, whose name is Bocus Door. <laughs> and he hands you a, a black envelope and says, she left this for you. Well, self knows that anyone who knows him would know that he wouldn't be able to resist. So it all stands up. He'll put away the envelope, and he's quiet for a second. Then he says, Do you have a way to keep the elephant quiet? <laughs> oh, oh, no. 
god, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He takes out a blue powder. He says, it's a flower that grows in New Haven. It's hard to get. But if you ground it down into a powder, you can use it to knock people out. Uh, you can have one just a little bit. It should do the trick. Knock it out for a couple hours. Getting some free poison in the bargain. Right. Yeah, it's a service. And I will absolutely put down 500 big ones for this tiny elephant. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he hands you a, a large golden bird cage <laughs> with the elephant. He's like, yeah, watch, watch how I do it. And he, he, he grabs the trunk of the elephant and he, he just pours some of the blue powder down it. Uh, and then like shakes it a little. Gives it a little jiggle so that it goes down. Uh, and pretty quickly, <laughs> the elephant like kind of winces a little and then it falls over in the cage and, and passes out. It's like, you've got a good three hours before it wakes up. So... This is the saddest story ever. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I haven't processed this enough to react to it. I don't remember this part of Dumbo. Dumbo does have a talking rat. All right, well, Self is going to pat this gnome on the shoulder who's just a horrible person. <laughs> and he'll say, I look forward to doing future business. <laughs> Patty, as Zelf is kind of finishing up this purchase, you've taken a look around the shop. The cages are not anything special. The locks aren't complicated. You think a, an amateur could do this. Interesting. My cage is special. It's a solid gold cage. You know what, Paul? We're huh. not going to discuss it. You just purchased a living being for your own <laughs> selfish means. We can talk about it later. Patty's a little torn because... Obviously, time is not on her side here. She's got to kind of do what she's going to do and get out. So she's not going to be able to save all of them. So is there, are there any of the animals that are rodenty in nature? Save the fox chicken. It has magic powers. Yeah, but I don't care about that. Ah. I want to save a cute one. <laughs> Let's see if there's something good. <laughs> Look up a rodenty creature. There's always the dire rat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dyrat was the first thing on my mind, but I thought that maybe that there would be something cute. God, it immediately bites Patty and she gets the plague. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what Patty's plan here is that she's... Oh, shit. She's going to try to free as many of these animals as possible in the time <laughs> that she has available in this shop. And she's just oh trying God, to decide yes. where to start. Because she's not going to make it through all of them. Self is walking around and she's following him and unlocking <laughs> the cages as they go. <laughs> There's an official Pathfinder animal called a jerby, which is half mouse, <laughs> half lizard that has large eyes, stands on its hind legs, and radiates an air of goodwill. And this dude definitely has one of these in a cage. <laughs> oh, I'm looking at a picture. This is horrible. Chaotic good. I, as someone who's also chaotic good, I would very much like to attempt to free the jerby from its cage. Awesome. I don't think I have any items or skills that will allow me to do that, but god damn it, I'm going to try my best. I mean, you've got a fucking machete. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> a machete against the lock will, will definitely break it open. Excellent. I was thinking of something more subtle, but I like where we're going with this. I'm going to use my magical machete and start bashing locks as fast as I can. Make an attack roll, Caitlin. <laughs> I'm so pleased. I mean, Self's doing his own thing, but let me know if he needs to pitch in. I feel like while talking to you, the the store owner is distracted entirely (laughs) up until the moment that this animal is freed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I made my my attack roll. It says that I have a 25. 
Great. Not bad. Smashing the shit out of these locks. <laughs> the the door flies open and the jerby skitters out, smiling at you, thankful for what you've done. The store owner is like, hey, what's happening? What, how'd that get free? This fucking thing has so many weird abilities, but one of them is <laughs> mental cacophony. Whoa. And it's going to force the store owner to be sickened as its mind is overloaded by surface thoughts of trees and bugs. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's going to scamper out into <laughs> the black market to freedom. <laughs> <laughs> oh man you're doing god's work for whatever time she's got here until that shopkeeper gets his druthers back <laughs> she's gonna wield her machete and she's gonna say stop the exploitation and she's gonna keep bashing cages excellent <laughs> um this 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 description of a derby does say that they are three feet tall <laughs> So it's actually not that much smaller than you. So that's incredible. It has an aura of friendship as well, which I like. Oh, that's so good. As I know, this is an audio medium. Jenna (laughs) did share a picture of the jerby with us. And it is wearing what I can only describe is like a Sound of Music Maria Lederhosen kind of dress. (laughs) And if that doesn't scream wholesome, I don't know what does. Sounds like Belle from Beauty and the Beast vibes. It's got a Belle vibe, for sure. While this is happening, outside Astra (laughs) and uh, and Johnny have found a blue tent. uh, And indeed, in front of it is another elderly gnome who is selling vases. Hey, I don't really know how to say this, so I'll just say it. Uh, I'm here delivering a package for uh, Mr. Clickbert from a Mr. Snippet. Clickbert looks up at you. Uh, I'm Clickbert. Oh, hello, Mr. Clickbert. Here, this is a package that your old friend Snippet wanted you to have, and I uh, give it to him. He takes it a little confused, and he opens it up, and he goes, Well, this is the necklace that Snippet stole from me ten years ago. (laughs) Whoa. I never thought I'd see it again. So this really is your necklace? (laughs) Yes, that rat bastard. He he snuck into my house, and he took it. Thank you, son. I appreciate it. And he takes out the necklace, and he, he puts it back on. The giant medallion is, like, about as big as his upper body. He's like, oh, how does it look? It looks really good and powerful. If it's damp, that's just the atmosphere. Yeah, like, it's really hard to ignore that medallion, man. Like, you're definitely showing it off. As he's looking down and, like, kind of flexing and, and, and just <laughs> excited to have his little medallion, you notice that the necklace starts shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and shrinking <laughs> until it's clasped tightly around his throat. Clickbert starts choking what? <laughs> I'm looking at my spells as though I'm going to have something for this. <laughs> Johnny, do something with a knife. or um... Like a tracheotomy? Okay. Well, I'm going to cast True Strike on myself, and then I am going to sunder the necklace. Incredible. And before he does this, I'm going to cast Guidance. Uh, the creature gets a plus one competence bonus on a single action roll saving throw or skill check. Hell yeah. Sunder it. We're going to cut this gnome in half. <laughs> <laughs> There's a non-zero chance that I might cut this gnome in half. It's true. <laughs> Guys, I didn't taste the curse. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I rolled a 30 to hit. 
<laughs> a 30? Holy shit. No. Wait, true Strike gives you a big bonus. Yeah. Oh, of course. True Strike. Okay. Well, yeah. my plus one wasn't really anything. Huh? <laughs> Good try, though. <laughs> you tipped him over into that 30. It did. It did because I rolled a two. So, like, <laughs> yeah. it definitely helped. And I guess I deal 20 damage to awesome. the necklace. Because it's magic, it doesn't destroy it, but it does break it. <laughs> and as it breaks it, it falls off of him to the ground. And he has sustained about 12 points of damage, but he's still alive. Uh, he's like gasping. <laughs> There's a huge red mark around his neck from where it was. Bro, I had no idea. I'm so sorry. Uh, oh, my Johnny. God. Are you all right? I, I use lay on hands on him. Nice. Nice. <laughs> uh, I... I should have known that he would have never given it back to me. That's my own fault. I was so excited about how good I look in this necklace. You did look really good. And I thought for a second as it was getting smaller and more proportional, it looked even better. But then it like kept it going. And I'm sorry, man. I let it go too long. I feel guilty about it. I'm glad I didn't steal that. <laughs> As you guys are talking to this gnome, behind you, Astra, you notice just a bunch of bizarre animals run past oh, the jerby and the, the little fox yeah. peacock. Astra goes, God, I wonder what that could be. Johnny, do you want to go back and get your reward for almost killing this old man? Or Yeah, kind of. Like He's going to get cursed. He's going to get a cursed reward. Because if it's a cursed item, like I'd probably want to destroy it. Better that I get it than some other dude, I think. Okay, that's very noble. All right. Maybe we can get Zelf to lick the shield, too. <laughs> also, like, if it's a cursed <laughs> item that has a symbol of Gavilan on it, then I super want to be able to take that out of, like, other people's hands. Should we go see what Patty and Zelf are up to, or just kind of come to our own conclusions, <laughs> do you think? I mean, I bet they're fine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's a good attitude. <laughs> no, they'll end up back here and we can circle back with them. Yeah, like, Patty and Zulf are very good at using all of their resources. Like, I believe that's what I learned uh, going through the dungeon with you guys, I say as we're walking back. So yeah, I'm not yeah. worried. <laughs> all right. I mean, you're not ever worried about anything. In fact, I think all of you are taking a real laissez-faire approach <laughs> to the fact that we're in a time loop, and that's fine, because I'm not a 10 out of 10 panic about this, so just, I'm just the one, I guess, concerned, and that's fine. I'm totally used to being that. You hear nearby uh, just screaming, Someone's shouting, I, I thought this was supposed to be a black market. Clearly, everyone here has been selling forgeries for so long. No one knows a real artifact when it's right in front of their face. God, what a oh, hipster. Lord. <laughs> oh, right. It's the thing we came down here for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Astra's going to go immediately, like, beeline for the voice. Yeah, let's go. A little bit south from Kligbert, there is a bridge over a little river that's flowing under here from the ocean outside. And you see the dwarf in front of another vendor um, at an orange tent who is selling something completely unrelated. He's selling, like, pottery. <laughs> the, the dwarf <laughs> has the meteorite in his hand and just, like, waving it intensely, almost like he's going to bash this dude with it. Uh, he's like, Gathenrit himself gave this meteorite to me, a demigod. You think this isn't legit? Uh, hey, hey, you there. Um, boy, that looks like a legitimate meteorite. 
Yes, it is. It is a meteorite. He's like, do you know what this is? Have you heard of the the meteor that hit Nantrum? Yeah. God, are you saying this is part of it? Huh? Yeah. Gaffinrit, the demigod of Hibdal, he went into the mines, even though it's filled with radiation, and he brought up this piece of meteorite. (laughs) He gave it to me. <laughs> wow. Gosh, you must be really special. It. And now you're just trying to sell it, huh? Well, obviously, that's why he must have given it to me. Because, you know, I, my family, they're miners and we can't work because the mines are filled with radiation. So, you know, you uh. wanted me to sell it uh, for 10,000 gold, which I think is a steal. <laughs> he yells back at him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, you're never going to get 10,000 here. Are you kidding? I mean, listen, listen, these places are all basically pawn shops. And uh, for them to make money off a $10,000 meteorite, they're going to have to sell it for like 100,000 and nobody's going to sell it for that. So like, you know, obviously that it's worth 10,000, but you're never going to be able to sell it to these guys for more than, I don't know, 1,000 if you're lucky. That's if you're lucky. If you're lucky. Well, trust me, I'm a great negotiator. I'm going to sell it for 10,000 gold. <laughs> Astro does not trust him on that point. <laughs> Boy, uh, I really didn't have a plan for when we found this guy. When we actually caught up to him. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I don't have any spells that are going to trick him in this way. It just so happens, man, that I might know a merchant you could do business with. Would you come with me? Like, I happen to know that he deals in rare goods such as these. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. take, him, right. take me to him. Yeah, come on, guys. Let's go visit my acquaintance, Nippert. I bet he could totally help us out here. God, yeah. okay. Uh, at this point, <laughs> Zelf is going to cast Heightened Awareness, and he wants to keep a lookout for signs of Bavel, just in case <gasps> yeah. Bavel, like, snipes this guy from a window. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... From the bell tower. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would also be fine, because then we would be able to find Bavel. So Whoa. And we get the meteorite shard. So, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. kind of hoping a piano would fall on this guy, honestly. <laughs> wow. All right, so we go back to Snippet's stand. Snippet is sitting outside. He's holding the shield, waiting for you to come back with just a shit-eating grin on his face. <laughs> Hello, my friend. I was able to deliver the package to that man. I'll say taking the shield like as he's offering it. Thank you. He just laughs like uncontrollably belly laughing, like falling on his back (laughs) laughing. And then I cut off the necklace that tried to kill him because that was pretty rude of you, bro. Now, I've also found the guy I was looking for with the meteorite. And I told him that you might be able to help him out. Because you're an honest merchant that recognizes value when he sees it. <laughs> and so this guy is looking to sell the meteorite for 10,000 gold. And I wanted you to tell me how much you thought it was worth. Are you intimidating this guy? Like, is this blackmail? Or I can't quite catch the vibe. <laughs> yeah, what's the energy? It is an ambiguous vibe. Oh, okay, all right, I got that. But I could roll diplomacy. I kind of want this guy to do what I'm telling him to. And I don't, I mean, if you think I'm intimidating, I can roll intimidate. I think you can be firm and diplomatic. <laughs> All right, sweet. We might have to get firm and undiplomatic soon here. <laughs> I'll be firm and diplomatic. Yes. So I rolled a 15 for a total of 24 on my diplomacy check to get my acquaintance, Snipperit, to appraise this meteorite. Snipperit gets control of his laughter. Of course, of course, I'll take a look at it. And uh, he looks at it and he gets very serious. This is a priceless artifact. 
<laughs> come inside my shop. And the dwarf turns to Johnny and goes, thank you. Thank you so much. And he, he follows Snipperit into the store. Snipperit uh, hands you the shield, Johnny, with yeah. a smirk. Thank you, my friend. And then I turn to my party and I say, we should definitely follow them. Because this man is not to be trusted. Oh, we're already following. Yeah, yeah. everybody else, you turn <laughs> yeah, to the I rest of the group. Like, empty outlines of you guys. Yeah, and we're not there. <laughs> <laughs> Inside of Snippert's shop, it's super, super busy. There's stuff everywhere. Every bit of space he's used. Johnny, you can see the symbol of Zitrix, the chaotic evil god, on Whoa. one of the walls. Not even hidden, really. He sits down at his desk and has Tugdrak, the dwarf, sit across from him. And he takes out a large box of gold coins and starts counting it. And he says, does uh, 50,000 gold sound fair to you? And Tugdrak is like, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. That sounds fair for sure. I want to roll something to figure out what's happening. <laughs> I don't know what it is yet. I think maybe just perception. There's a specific skill to, to tell if somebody's lying, right? Sense motive. Oh, Justin, I have terrible sense motive. <laughs> I might, let me see. I have pretty good sense motive. Okay, let's both roll it and then we'll just okay. see how that works. <laughs> let's see what happens. Oh, God. Well, I rolled a three. I got a six. <laughs> This all seems on the level to me. I don't know, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I rolled an eight and ended up with a 17. Oh. Patty, this guy seems like a piece of shit, but he seems <laughs> legitimately interested in the meteorite. Okay. And he seems like he is willing to make a deal to get it. Um, Astra has a moment of panic. <laughs> <laughs> because she realizes that the thing that they came here to get is about to be sold. And uh, it's going to be even more out of bounds than how it is right now. So, I think she's going to try to grab it and run. (laughs) I don't don't really know what else to do. And so, I think in the moment when Snipper is counting out the gold, and he's busy thinking about the gold, and this dwarf is busy thinking about the gold... I'm just going to grab it and run. Justin, what kind of check do you want? Man. Because this is not sleight of hand, <laughs> I would argue. This is just no. sheer audacity. <laughs> <laughs> I think let's, um, well, I think you can just do it, honestly. They're both occupied. <laughs> is it just like a stealth check? Not being stealthy. I think that theoretically, Tudgrek would get... A reflex save, maybe I would give him, but you're gonna get it over this little level one nobody for sure. <laughs> oh, just shove him out of the way. <laughs> yeah, I think you've got it. I think you've got a good plan, and I think it's gonna work. but i do think this qualifies as the start of a surprise round (laughs) it's not a sophisticated plan but it's a good one (laughs) this just has to be what it is this just has to be what it is this is my dumbest plan ever in all of my years of playing D&D. Okay, should we roll initiative? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. This is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm going to need one second to put you guys on this other map. Is this the the ugly map that we're not going to like? Yeah, you're going to look at it and be disgusted. We're going to be like, 
Ew, I hate it and Justin. Oh. <laughs> wow. I also didn't make cute little tokens. Is this not how this is supposed to go, Justin? <laughs> I don't understand what could possibly. Chaos! <laughs> this dude that's buying this meteorite, he literally lurks for the chaotic evil god, okay? So I'm just saying. That's true. Yeah, I'm sure he'll respect this move. Or he's just selling his stuff. Also, Johnny's eyes have not left that symbol on the wall since he noticed it in the room. Are you going to come back and burn this place down? It's not an impossible thing. <laughs> I love that we all have our own grudges, and we never yeah. let a group mission get in the way of any of them. Absolutely not. <laughs> There's time for both. That's true. I mean, Zelf has his arms full of a tiny, adorable, wholesome elephant baby. I get to pet that oh at some God. point. Yes. You better be nice to it and treat oh. it right. You get to eat that at some point. Decided what I'm going to do with it, yeah. Yeah, Jenna, I also did not have a better plan than grab and run. It's just straight to the chase. I like it. Literally straight to the chase. This was the best plan and also the worst plan. <gasps> yeah, it was just all <laughs> slipping through our fingers. <laughs> it, it, it was like Justin was calling our bluff and I didn't realize it until way too late. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to use your heightened awareness for the initiative bonus? Um, yeah, because it's probably going to expire soon. Okay. Let's roll initiative now. I have a 23 on my initiative. 16 for Astra. Uh, 13 for Zelf. I've received a 13.03. Astra, you grab the meteorite and run. Johnny, what would you like to do? Johnny draws his sword and uh, charges the shopkeeper. Okay. Oh, shit. Great. And smites evil. Good. Wow. Good. I haven't detected evil on this guy yet. I'm just assuming he's evil because he has seems to be a cleric of a chaotic <laughs> evil deity. Right. And he tried <laughs> to kill that guy with a curse necklace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there are context clues is all I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> and then I'm going to charge him. And I'm going to power attack with furious focus. Ooh, there's so many cool <laughs> buttons to click. I rolled a 23 to hit. You just kill awesome. this dude. Um, Chop him in half. Definitely hit him. I deal 27 damage. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't remember if I described Snipperit, but he's a very, very elderly, gnome, <laughs> decrepit, and wrinkly. Yeah. He's small. He looks like he's never seen sunlight. And Johnny is like this huge towering, yeah. easy, <laughs> solar flare. I've got like a anima that's like flaring and glowing like the sun. You just turn this old man to mush. At first glance, Johnny is the least shifty member of the party. But it turns out he's the most shifty member of the party. <laughs> he's trigger happy. That's my turn. Excellent. You knocked his tiny frail body backwards into this huge shelf of strange artifacts and knocks them all over. However, he seems like he did previously to find you just very funny. Like, the angrier you get, the funnier he thinks you are. Patty, what would you like to do? Patty's been in this type of situation enough times. She knows that if one member of your group starts running, you better start running too. So she's right on her heels. <laughs> Zelf, are you staying or going? I'd better stay. <laughs> it's better to have two equally sized halves than to have three people and one person. Johnny always needs a watcher. 
Astra and Patty fleeing out into the streets. Both of you make a perception check. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bobble come to kill me. <laughs> or it's like black market thugs <laughs> who were rounded up by the pet shop owner. Oh, bingo, oh, bingo. Justin, bam. you can't stop me. I got a 28. No, that's me. I rolled a 28. Oh, I'm an idiot. I got a 13. (laughs) Shit. I was crunching the numbers and I was like, that's not possible for me to have rolled. (laughs) Wait, before we get too far, does Patty also get the plus two bonus for being an urban terrain? She does. Okay. A cool 30. Very nice. You see that although the coast looks clear as you run out of this store, gripping the meteorite, (laughs) Patty, you know the telltale signs of trouble in the black market. Uh And you see that you are surrounded by Thieves Guild thugs just laying in wait on all sides of you. (laughs) Oh, no. From the shadows, you didn't even clock her initially, Patty. You see a beautiful catfolk woman. She's a black cat with a long black ponytail. She moves so smoothly. And as soon as she passes you, you just feel (laughs) something come over you. Like being in her presence, it makes you feel like all of your luck has run out. Oh, no. At your side, you can feel the buckle holding your normally very secure scabbard suddenly come unlatched. Oh, no. Justin, does this black cat lady have some sort of weird black cat luck powers? Perhaps. That's awesome. Thank you for listening to this episode of Burnt Cookbook Party. This is a brand new podcast, and we're still searching for our audience. So if you enjoyed this, will you uh, do me a favor and post about it online? Maybe uh, tell your dog walker that you really liked it, and they can tell all their dogs, and their dogs can tell their humans, and it can can kind of chain out from there. Um, that That would be really useful for us. Burnt Cookbook Party is Andrew Hansen as Johnny Brightchild, Caitlin Stadahar as Patty Hertz, Paul Lukemeyer as Zelf, me, Jenna Steber, as Astra Blup, and Justin Green as DM and World Builder. Uh, executive produced by me, Jenna Steber. Edited by Justin Green and Jenna Steber. I also did all the Ella Flute noises and music in this episode. You can find us on Twitter at BCB Party. Follow us there and we'll post uh, like pictures of jerbies and stuff. Yeah, Jerby. I smiled when you said Jerbies. I was like, hee. <laughs> <laughs>